You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we're coming to you on Thursday, August 20th, as the Giants uh, roll through their first full week of fully padded practices. Lots to uh, lots to discuss with the Giants, lots of uh, Lots of chatter about the way that Joe Judge has been handling practices with with laps and nutcracker drills and you know all the physicality and and, and all of the, uh, the sort of in your face coaching from uh, from some of the the giant staff that's been going on and and uh, so lots to sort through and uh, here to help me do that is the always insightful and informative Patricia Trena from Giants Country. Patty, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Ed. Glad to finally have something new to talk about as far as football is concerned because we finally have some action. Patty, we have to start with Joe Judge and we have to start with the laps. Please, you know, I think you know how I feel about this. I mean, God forbid you you yell at a professional athlete. God forbid you you make a professional athlete run. God forbid you make him uncomfortable. That that you point out that that he's not a perfect human being and that he can screw things up. And God forbid you do that in front of a group of reporters who can actually go on podcasts and go to their go to their uh, to, to their laptops and, and write about it. Please, God, please tell me that that you don't have a problem w- with Joe Judge being hard on some of these guys. Absolutely not. If anything, it's about time. And I am just, you know, and I, I when I saw Emmanuel Acho's one minute, you know, monologue, when I heard. By Mark the way, what Ross, has Emmanuel Acho done in his career? Uh, I don't know. He was with the Giants practice squad in, in 2013. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not blaming him for this, I want to make this clear, but the team went one in seven and yet he wasn't promoted to help the team. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm, I applaud Joe judge for what he's doing. You know, this is a team that is one what, 12 games in the last three years that has played some sloppy, uninspired football. I mean, Ed, I know you're old enough to remember part of the wilderness years. I remember part of the wilderness years, even though I I was a little girl at the time. I remember my father screaming about it. You know, this last decade or so has been awful. You know, it's the, the program has gone downhill 
since they won the Super Bowl in 2011. And, you know, part of that is is roster assembly. You know, well, let's give credit where credit's due there. But part of it has also been in the approach that the coaches have taken, how they have treated some of these guys, you know, like like prima donnas or guys who who are, you know, made of glass. And God forbid you ask them to run a penalty lap, which, by the way, is not a true wind sprint like some people think it is. It's just, you know, a jog around the track. Big deal. The, these athletes are in condition anyway. So what's the big deal that they do it? It, it shouldn't be a big deal at all, Patty. And, and like, uh, like Joe Judge said multiple times this week, he doesn't consider it punishment. As he said, you know, over and over, he said there are consequences during a game for making a mistake. There are consequences for a bad penalty. There are consequences when you mess up a handoff. There are consequences when you come through the line of scrimmage and, and you don't protect the football and you let a defensive lineman poke the ball out. So his point is that he's trying to to make guys understand that there are consequences and, and to have a consequence during practice. And, and I get that because, you know, you, you have to, you, you know, the funny thing is uh, I've had coaches say this to me over my years as a, as a high school athlete. And, and in the years that I've coached CYO basketball, I, I say to my kids all the time, you practice the way that you play. If you're going to practice sloppy and you're going to practice soft and you're not going to deal with the details, then then on game day, you're not going to play well. So I, I'm with you. I don't I don't have any problem with it at all. I think that uh, that that you have to start somewhere and, and installing some discipline and some caring about details has to be has to be a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, again, we've seen sloppy football. How many times have you and I sat there in the press box and we've looked at each other and and we've just wondered what the heck was that guy thinking? What is he doing? You know, judge wants them to pay attention and he wants them to do their jobs. Is that asking too much? I mean, they're getting paid a ton of money. Is that really asking too much that a guy pay attention to his details? I mean, look, Ed, if you and I you know, wrote articles and we didn't, you know, proofread them to the best of our ability and edit them and make sure that they were factually correct. Do you think our editors and our bosses would, would, would keep us on? It's the same thing here. And it's, and that goes for any job, any position, any level. If you don't pay attention to the details and do the job the right way to the best of your ability, then, you know, what's, you get somebody else who, who will. And I, I also think, Patty, and, and weigh in on this, I think that people have to understand, I think Joe Judge understands, this can't be a long-term approach. You know, this, I think that this is a get everybody's attention, you know, look at the, at the situation, 12 and 36, worst record in the NFL over the last three years. You have a really young, unproven roster you're not going to do this. You know, you're not going to be this, you know, quote unquote, heavy-handed. If you make the playoffs for the next three years, if you had a veteran team, you know, full of established players that had six or eight or nine guys that that had made Pro Bowls, 
you're not going to do this, you know, with a with a team that has a 10-year established veteran quarterback. But but this isn't that same scenario and and, and I I don't think it's an approach that that you can have long term, but but right now uh, right now I I have no issue with with him uh, with him being this way. I don't either. You know, it's like you said, let this team earn it. You know, look, there's a belief that it takes 30 days to form a new habit. And the Giants basically just got started. And what Judge is trying to get them to do is form good habits that don't cost football games. I totally get what he's trying to do. So, you know, if you have to inject a little bit of negative, you know, some reinforcement, you know, people will look at it as negative reinforcement. You know, I don't know that that's necessarily the right term, but you, if you have to, you know, be a little more heavy handed, as you said, uh, so what they, it's not going to break them. It's not going to hurt them. And and if it does, if it does, then you, maybe you don't want those players uh, in New York city in this kind of, uh, of, of intense environment anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, Ed, to answer your question, I have zero issue with what, with uh, what judge is doing. And I, and, you know, just looking at my Twitter feed, which I, you know, I do quite often, a lot of people agree. They have no problem with what judge is doing. And these are the people who pay the, you know, for the tickets and the merchandise who have had to suffer through watching lousy football the last few years so you know those are the people i think in this case whose voices matter the most as opposed to these talking heads who sit in an air-conditioned studio and and spout off at the mouth who don't bother to come to practice who don't bother to get on the phone with joe judge to talk to him to find out the method behind his madness i mean i i just don't get it man i i really don't all right hey um one more question for you before we uh, before we take a break here uh, for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. Uh, you have covered more NFL training camps than I have. When is the last time you saw a nutcracker drill in an NFL training camp? Oh gosh, I can't remember. I, I if I had to, I want to say during early during the Coughlin era. I want to say back then, because back then, that was two CBAs ago, remember, and, and the rules weren't as, as stringent as far as, you know, like, for example, back then you could have two-a-days, and, and, and you could do a lot more than what you can do now. I would say probably back then, um, and, and not very often either. Yeah, it, it's not one of those things you, you'd see very often, but but that's another thing. I, I, I loved it, because... You know, how do you, I I keep coming back to this, how do you, how do you get ready for football without actually playing a little bit of football? You don't, you really don't. And, and, you know, look, one of the things I like about what Judge is doing is he has set up this schedule for this last part of training camp to almost mimic a combination of the regular season prep and the preseason. And by that I mean if you look at the timing of the scrimmages that he has planned. Okay, the first one is Friday. That's really a day before where they would have had their second preseason game. So, you know, yesterday uh, on the call, I asked him if he, you know, what he would tell us about 
the, the structure of the scrimmage, how he planned to run it. And he was nice enough to, to outline exactly what he was planning to do, which, you know, w- w- was great. Most, most coaches would just say, ah, you'll just show up and you'll find out. But he's working them gradually towards it. He knows probably that the first scrimmage is going to be a little on the sloppy side because these are guys who, even though they've been practicing all week, it's going to be sloppy. There's going to be some hiccups that need to be worked out. And he's gradually, I think, going to get them to the point where there's going to be a split squad. This is just my guess, mind you, to where it looks like something like a football game, um, you know, where I could see them maybe even going through a, a game day operation type of deal where, who knows, maybe they have a practice in the stadium and, and they go through the whole, you know, rehearsal. Because remember, this is a new staff. They haven't worked together in, in a game. And, I'm, and Judge, as he's shown, he, his attention to detail is so, so um, meticulous that I could see him taking that step before training camp ends and just, you know, really um, running with that. Sure. Patty, let's take a quick break here, as I promised, for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, I want to uh, to delve into uh, some thoughts on what to expect in that upcoming scrimmage uh, a little bit more. Okay, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we are talking with Patricia Trena of Giants Country. And, Patty, I want to turn now to uh, to Friday's upcoming intra-squad scrimmage. You know, with, with no preseason, obviously we'd be heading into week two of the preseason at this point. With no preseason, this is a really interesting way for Judge to to get players into competitive situations and to see, uh, you know, to, to be able to uh, to look at some of the rookies and maybe to sort of turn up the intensity and, and start getting guys ready for, uh, for, for the Steelers on, on September 14th. Just want to talk a little bit about, uh, about what you're hoping to see in the upcoming scrimmage, and you said before the break that you, you kind of expected that it would be a little bit sloppy. I would agree with that, but what, you know, just tell me, you know, initially, you know, what are some of the things that you're going to be looking for on Friday? I think overall, one of the things I'm going to be looking at is how well these players function, getting in and out of the huddle, you know, the making decisions. I mean, for, from a grand you know, grand picture sort of view, just the overall flow and the tempo in which they operate. That's very important because, you know, again, not to keep beating a dead horse here, but if you go back uh, to previous seasons, how many times did this team, when they broke the huddle, they would just kind of stroll to the line of scrimmage, you know? So I'm going to be looking for, are they hustling to the line of scrimmage? Are they, you know, how quickly are they getting in and out and off the field and, you know, things like that. I think that's very important because you want to set the tempo. If you're, you know, a football team, you don't want the other guys setting the tempo for you. And I think the team who usually sets the tempo is the one that has the best chance for success. From an individual perspective, obviously all eyes are going to be on Daniel Jones. You know, the the improvements he's made. You know, is he making better decisions, for example, quicker decisions? How is he throwing the deep ball? What is this offense going to look like? You know, yesterday, um, 
Golden Tate was asked about not having a true number one receiver. And Judge has said all along that they're going to spread the ball out based on matchups. So it's going to be interesting to see some of the matchups because I think that could potentially give us a, a clue as to how they might be deployed during the regular season. And then on defense, obviously, what does Patrick Graham have up his sleeve? You know, how are all these linebackers going to be deployed? What are they doing up front with the defensive uh, pass rush, you know, and the secondary? Who's playing the other cornerback? So there's a lot of questions. I don't know that all of them are necessarily going to be answered from one scrimmage game. I think it's going to take, you know, probably multiple ones, which Judge has said that he's going to have. But uh, we will start to get some idea just how far along these guys have come. Yes, we will, Patty. And in terms of Daniel Jones, I think the thing that I'm looking for isn't, you know, I'll probably, like a lot of other people will, I'll probably track, you know, how many passes he throws and how many he completes and and all of that. But to me, that's not the important thing. To me, it's, and I think Judge talked a little bit about this the other day, does he look comfortable? Does he look like he has a command of the second offense he's going to have to learn in the NFL in in two seasons does he look you know does he look decisive or or, or is he hesitating is he not sure of of where of where people are and and what's in unfolding in front of him i think for me that's the takeaway i think that i want from from daniel jones is whether he's decisive or not absolutely i mean look it's his second year. This is a year where he could potentially take a big leap. And he has done, you know, everything possible to get himself in the right condition, physically and mentally, to to be this leader that this team needs. And he's a key component, absolutely. But you know what? The offensive line's got to do its job. The receivers and tight ends and running backs have to do their job. So it's all going to be a group effort. It's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. Patty, let's talk about uh, about two position groups, and you mentioned wide receiver. Two position groups, I think that that are really interesting to me as far as how are guys deployed. You know who who you might consider first team, who you might consider second team, all of those kinds of kinds of things. On offense, I'm looking at wide receiver, and I'm looking at you know who are the guys that begin to stand out behind Golden Tate, behind Sterling Shepard, behind Darius Slayton. And at cornerback, you know, how does that all begin to shake out? I'll be honest, I was at Monday's practice and I charted 23 throws, I think it was, and I don't have those notes in front of me. Um, I charted 15 throws in a goal line drill from the two-yard line. 11 of those throws from Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy went for touchdowns. And I charted another eight throws from the 15-yard line, you know, as the Giants continued that drill. And I think four of those throws went for touchdowns. I think out of those 23 throws total, I think there were probably four holding penalties and maybe two incompletions out of the whole 23 throws. The point is... It was really obvious to me that that the cornerbacks, the coverage guys really struggled in that drill. It's a question mark for the Giants. And I think for me, 
you know, that's the place on defense where I'm going to be looking to see if anyone begins to, to step forward. So when you look at position groups, Patty, you know, those are mine. Which ones are yours that you're really going to be uh, honed in on on Friday? Well, I agree with you on the defensive backs because, look, the Giants talk about getting the pass rush through the scheme. And what a lot of people don't realize or, or maybe forget, I should say, is that in order to have a successful pass rush, you need the front end and the back end of the defense to do its job. And if one of them is not doing their job and, and, you know, Ed, how many times in the past did we say, oh, you know, so-and-so just barely got to the quarterback. If he had another split second, he would have gotten there. And that was because the back end, the defense wasn't holding its coverage or had missed up, missed out on its coverage. So you need both of those, those areas to work. So for me, obviously the, the back end of the defense, that's important given all the uncertainty and the youth. And on the offensive side, I want to see the offensive line because it, you know, as I have said so many times before, it doesn't matter who your skill position players are. If your offensive line does not do its job, if it's, you know, a sieve and pass protection, if it's not opening up holes for your running back, what's the point of having all these, you know, name players, you know, you need that group to really, you know, settle in, you know, who's going to be the center. Is it going to be Spencer Pulley? Is it going to be Nick Gates? Who's going to be at right tackle? Is it going to be Cam Fleming or is it going to be Matt Perk or is it going to be Nick Gates? You know, is Andrew Thomas going to play left side or, or right side? You know, how do the guards look? You know, last year, Will Hernandez had a, had a rough year, you know, how's he bouncing back? And above all, what new techniques can you pick up from what Mark Colombo, a former NFL offensive lineman, is teaching this group that's going to help them? So these are, you know, it's a lot of stuff to pay attention to. But, you know, the good thing about COVID and, and the fact that we have to be socially distanced is that we can't cluster together to where we're talking and we're kind of standing in our own little bubbles and it, it allows us to really focus on what's going on since your nearest person to talk with is is seven, you know six feet away from you oh, patty so, patty i would never distract you during a practice come no, on i didn't say you <laughs> i'm talking about other people in general but sure you know, the point the point being is, is it's a good opportunity to really sit and hone in and you know look I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't mind sitting and, and chit-chatting with people. But when you're trying to watch practice, and I, it's funny, I was just saying this the other day to my husband. I said, I said, you know, there there have been times when the Giants would have certain guests come in, people that I knew and whatnot, and they would come up and they'd want to have a whole conversation. And you're like, hey, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to wa- watch practice. And, you know, so now I think it's it, – I, I'm looking forward, I guess, to the solid, so, to, to being socially distanced because it'll, it's going to allow me to really hone in. All right, Patty, I will. I will see you out at uh, out at uh, Quest Diagnostics tomorrow. And, and and on that note, I'll I'll be sure to remember not to talk to you. Oh, you're not. Even <laughs> well? Oh, I might do that at least during stretching. You can talk to me when it doesn't count, but uh, no, seriously, I, I guess six feet isn't really a whole lot of space if you think about it, but it's enough to where, you, you know, you can't huddle up next to somebody is what I'm trying to get at. You exactly. know what I mean? It's like, I get, anyway. I get what you're saying, Patty. <laughs> 
All right, Giants fans, uh, I think that's a, a good place for, for us to stop. As always, thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Stay safe, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.